0: Hey there, this is Coach AA, and welcome to the January 10th edition of this podcast. For today, the three topics are rhythm and grace, three quotes, something about expectations and, well, procrastination. And the final one is a story about a student of mine And I hope it's something that's relevant to all of us rather than just that student alone. It certainly is relevant to me. Cool. So let's get on with it. On rhythm and grace and its role in lifting weights or in pretty much all things physical activity. Now, rhythm and grace seems unnecessary or at least not something, you know, we associate with lifting weights. I mean, we're talking about, you know, yelling and pounding the floor and eating chalk or or whatever when we lift heavy weights, right? But maybe not. And hear me out on this. When we start lifting weights, you know, we make easy progress, and brute force works. It certainly worked for me, just brute forcing it. What I mean by brute force is, don't overthink it, just give it all you have, and you keep getting better and better. Because every day, you have a little bit more, and we make progress. And sooner or later, progress stalls plateaus happen. We have to make our peace with plateaus, but that's another story. Now, as we get a bit into our training, let's say a year or two down the line, by now we know enough. We know enough to confuse ourselves as well. And we also know that we are not doing X, Y, and Z while we're doing A, B, and C. Technique, let's call it. Now, technique is simple and complex. For example, there's 10, 15 things that run through your mind when you're ready to do a deadlift. But should there be? Should there not be? And I think all of us have different approaches about it. And here is where I think rhythm and grace come into play. Now, these are two things I've heard uh, Pavel Satsalin talk about and coach Dan John talk about in various different ways and here's how I put it watch an elite athlete do something they look good doing it right they look elegant they look graceful they have mastery over that movement it doesn't matter what it is even If it is a sport or an activity that you have no idea about, like dancing, I got absolutely no idea, but I know when it looks good, right? It's that blindingly obvious. And over the past nine, 10 years of being a coach, what I've realized is if it looks good, it's probably right. I don't really need to worry too much about fixing, you know, a small thing here or there if it mostly looks good. And if it doesn't look good, then I know I need to go in and observe closely and might need to fix it with a cue or pause, analyze, maybe even take a video and then coach my student through it. But as crude as this might sound, it's actually a wonderfully powerful method. If it looks right, it is right. And building on that is where I come to rhythm and grace. Instead of us trying to juggle ten different things in our heads... push the floor away, pull your kneecaps up, do this, do that, wait for the bell on the swing or you know, drive your elbows back, drive this knee up while we are running, so many things. But maybe instead of thinking about so many things, can we simplify it? Because simplifying it makes observation easy, makes objectivity easy easy when we boil things down to one variable or close enough. So when we're doing something with rhythm, let's say running, right? It's a more common activity than lifting weights. If you find that rhythm in running, which is a very even speed and a very even ease of movement, Your legs are moving at the same pace. Your arms are moving at the same pace. And you look good doing it. That's grace. You're not swaying. You're not huffing and puffing. You're not moving all over the place. This economy of movement. And how can we look at running? Well, a simple method I've found is Make less noise when you're running. That's it. And try to be a little bit more economical about your body movements when you're running. I don't mean swing your arms lesser. I just mean say sway lesser. Like I think we can all agree that running like this is not look good. It doesn't look graceful so. Think about this the next time you go running or riding your bike or in fact anything to where it might apply. So in strength training, how I do look at this is if I take a video, it should look not just good, it should look great. It should look like I know what I'm doing. And again, with strength training, say with endurance work or with lots of reps, even in strength work, let's say I'm doing 10 squats. Can I find that? rhythm in my squatting can I make sure each rep is rhythmical and similar to every other rep and so when I zoom out and look at the set they all look about the same one squat doesn't take much more time than the other so rhythm and grace and you know what just try to make things look right here's a simple way you can um, understand this better for yourself pick an activity you do well or you think you do well or at least you do with regularity I did this with uh, playing badminton not not a sport I'm great at or good at but it's a sport I enjoy took a video of me playing and then you know spent Sometime watching videos on YouTube of international players. And uh, it was painfully obvious what all I needed to do. I look pretty ugly out there. I am wandering all over the place. I'm not light on my feet. I don't reset. I seem to be taking so many more steps than I need to. And then... I'm watching, you know, the international players play and yeah, it's blindingly obvious. So, think about it and see if uh, rhythm and grace works out for you as a concept. On to the next topic. The first quote comes from Bruce Lee, my personal favorite i'm not in this world to live up to your expectations and you're not in this world to live up to mine i think bruce lee is a genius and i think what he is trying to say here whenever you know we feel forced to conform to a behavior you know peer pressure or You need to do this because it's expected of you or because it's the right thing to do is it really the right thing to do i don't think it is selfish to do what you think you need to do and if it goes against what the others expect from you so be it does it make you happy Is it what you really want to do? And it sounds easier than it actually is because it does require a little bit more clarity from us knowing what we want to do, what our expectations are. And this fits in well with my next quote for this week, which comes from the Zen Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh. We are the primary cause of our suffering, not someone else. Think about you know when you've been disappointed because somebody did not do what you expected them to do. Now where does this expectation come from? It comes from you. But you're not them. You don't know what they are going through. You don't know how they think about this. In their heads, and for a second, let's all assume, you know, nobody's trying to be an ass here. We're all trying to be nice, uh, but in their heads, in their version, they are doing what they think is right. But from your perspective, they're not doing what you expect them to do. And, you know, what happens? We get angry. We get disappointed. We get annoyed. And it ruins our day. So, clubbing these two things. Don't expect other people to live up to your expectations. Be very clear when that happens. And you can reset it for yourself. I'm nowhere close to applying this. But what I've realized is if I can apply it once today or this week, well, two is a matter of Progress, And then maybe someday I'll be able to do it three times a day or whatever. So think about this. And I think these two quotes go well together. And procrastination, a uh, favorite concept of mine, because I used to tell myself that I'm a procrastinator. This one comes from James Clear, the author of, habits. Maturity is learning how to start when you feel like procrastinating and learning how to listen when you feel like talking. Late 2019 I went to a retreat with my co-founder Raj to figure out where, where we were going with our company and all of it. And during this retreat, I realized something about you know, calling myself a procrastinator, because I've always been somebody who does not get things done immediately. I always delay. You know, I'm sure a lot of you are out there. When the deadlines are on the corner, you get stuff done right? But what I realized was, first, I need to stop calling myself a procrastinator, because I get a lot of stuff done. And second, it also meant I was not understanding my process, which is, I need time and space to think. I need to mull things over and put them together, and then I'm ready to act. What I also learned was well there's always a flip side to this right excessively doing research for example right doing so much research that you par- you're paralyzed or oh i just need to do a little bit more reading i just need to do a little bit more blah 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 whatever so there is a fine line and we need to find that answer so for me it is making sure i carve out enough time and space to think but at the same time, not waiting to get that first draft out, iterate, get that first draft out, get your thoughts out, and then you can do more. And the reason this quote is doubly applicable to me is well, listening, it's something I wanna work on for this year and well, pretty much every year. So it seems like a simple simple rule to apply right if you are procrastinating and you are putting something out there and this happened to me yesterday actually let me let me stop there i had to do something and i came up with a different thing to do i was i almost tricked myself because i had to write some write something okay and it involved a little bit of research it involved a little bit of going over my old notes and writing my thoughts down. But I decided I would read instead. Now, it seems like an okay thing to do, right? It's not like I was watching TV, which, you know, it's easy to look at watching TV as bad and reading as good, but in this case, both are methods for procrastination. I needed to do what I needed to do. And this quote, which I had written about earlier in the week, well struck me, and I got down to doing things and yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a good day. And so this listening thing also, and the final one for today, about a student of mine and showing up, we'll call them TB. Now TB showed up more often than not, more often than most people, until they couldn't. So, let me start at the beginning. TB originally lived elsewhere, and Madras was their hometown. And one time, while on vacation, they showed up to class. And trained and as I got to know TB better I realized this fitness was a core part of their identity they'd always been an active athlete right from school not dissimilar to me but a better athlete for sure and the bigger difference was contrary to Uh, Many of us who slip up when we go to college, that was my case, or when we move countries, TB was the exception. College stayed active. Move countries, stayed active. They really had fitness as part of their core and as a keystone habit around which everything revolved. In fact... They were so clued in that, and as I came to realize the vacation was a scoping out period for moving back, they needed to make sure they identified a gym which would work for them, and that's how TV came to the quad. So showing up and putting in work was a given not for a week or a month or a year, but pretty much up until this point of time in their life. Now TB was moving back to try their hand at their own venture, primarily as an army of one. The crazy part, they showed up to class at 5 in the morning, the day after landing with all their bags. Not even fully unpacked, but showing up. Would show up to class 3 to 5 days a week after a pretty significant commute. finish class, freshen up a little bit eat breakfast in the car, and then get on with their day, which would be pretty much a 12-hour day from 9 to 9. And sounds crazy, right? Now, I want to make sure we understand that this is applicable to all of us, not just TB, because if we think about our own lives, we've all been there at one point, or maybe we're going there right now. You know, crazy driven, trying to go places and constantly pushing, pushing things along. Maybe some of us are currently in a rut and coasting. And here's where I think anchoring ourselves to a keystone habit like fitness will make the difference. And there are a few of us who've moved past this phase and found balance. But I do think a lot of us are still in this imbalance phase. And that's where TB was, knowingly, right? I mean, the startup life is crazy. And we don't have to be in a startup to realize things can get crazy, right? There's always a time when work throws life out of whack. And I'm going to go to something Coach Dan John talks about. One of his more complex lessons, at least for me, Finding balance between work, rest, pray, and play. And by pray, he means alone time, not necessarily pray, pray. Now, the enlightened amongst us, and I have a few students who are, who are there, and I love talking to them and trying to steal ideas from them. I'm not there yet is we're in some form of imbalance here. Let's say two of the four or three of the four things take priority. And in our heads, we're always thinking, once I am past this phase, then I'll find balance, which I do think is us fooling ourselves. But hey, it's part of the journey. We will get there. Believe that. So back to this. TB. TB. Now, generally, startups, there's only two ways about it. Good things happen, which means things get busier, or you go bust. Well, good things happened. Great things happened. And I'm talking about the course of four or five years, right? And so already, work, which was crazy, and there's 12 hours of work being put in. Now, it just took on a different scale of things in fact tb is somebody you read about in the newspapers sooner rather than later that scale of things but remember tb's identity is centered around fitness and showing up to the gym their drive is significant i've seen them do things that just go up against a wall and just sheer stubbornness and willpower get them through it or over it, but great things happening at work, which means busyness and significant life events happening as well, which were not, you know, part of their scheme, you know, when they showed up the day after moving back home, were happening, right? And so, as the volume seemed to dial up on a few things, TB simply could not dial down the volume of their expectations on the fitness side of things. And this applies to all of us. We all have blind spots when it comes to us. When we do stupid things and when we're doing good things and we don't recognize it and we are unnecessarily harsh on ourselves. In fact, I've spoken about this, about my student with 25 push-ups, about my Hulk arms student. And TB is going through the same thing. They are annoyed and blaming themselves about how can they not show up to the gym, let alone do extraordinary things at the gym. So here's what I'd like to say to them, to me, because I'm no exception, and to all of us in a similar place. We need to try to look at what we're doing with an outsider's perspective. Look at what all we've achieved in the past few years. And look at the incredible amount of showing up we've done. TB has done uh, an insane amount of showing up. Over you know, 200, 250 weeks showing up. This is how their day started, training. The thing was, it's something they took for granted because it's something that they always did. Showing up is important, and nothing can happen if you don't show up. But you can't underestimate the awesomeness of you showing up also. So I think a lesson we can all learn is when we stop showing up, well, you were awesome when you were showing up, and you can get there again and never, ever underestimate it. As work and family dial up, you have to dial down the other things. The gym and fitness in general is not the answer to you. Everything. It's not a place where you have to have crazy expectations. You know, strength training, while it's a fun core part of my life and I learn a whole lot from it, it's also a place to discover, to enjoy, to play. It's not a place where I'm a pro athlete and I need to have a podium finish or Anything like that. Now, if this sounds incredibly not ambitious, do we really need to be ambitious in that way about this? I don't think so. And I, and I say this as somebody who's a little borderline obsessed about lifting weights. But what I've realized is there's more to be gained out of finding fun and joy than from lifting a certain number. There are times when we just need to punch the clock. So, give yourself a lot more slack. Give yourself a lot more space. Showing up is your DNA. You'll come back to it. Maybe we should stop setting crazy expectations at the gym as well. As my old professor, Marty, would say, how about you stand at a different corner of the room and look at this and he meant this literally and metaphorically because looking at it from literally a different place allows you to come up with a new perspective it sounded silly until it worked so it could be liberating to try to find a different outcome at the gym and do expectations even matter at the gym Maybe they don't. The balance will come. The balance is important. But right now, it is in balance. It's okay. Embrace it. As long as you're aware of it. And, TB, you are awesome. Because you're already awesome. So, just because you haven't shown up for a week or a month or even a year, it's okay. Look at the larger picture. And that's something I think all of us need to learn about ourselves. Let's be kinder to ourselves. Let's be more aware of ourselves. And let's try to get rid of some blind spots. And here's where close friends can help us out. Because when we list our achievements, we might think there's not many. But how about somebody who's struggling to go to the gym and they look at you they'll have a completely different perspective on you and what you're doing. So I hope that made some sense. And that's it, folks. As always, thank you for listening. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or feedback. You have a great Sunday, and I will see you next week. This is Coach A signing off. You have a good one. Bye.